0: My name is Gianni Russo, aka Carlo, the infamous son-in-law from The Godfather. I'm now known as the Hollywood Godfather. And this is my story. Before all of the winds in my portfolio. Welcome everybody. Another Hollywood Godfather podcast. And if my memory serves me right. This is 201 hours now. And ticking and clicking and whatever we're doing. Pat, how are you, my friend? Up fine and that
1: today is a momentous occasion. My, my good friend and your co-host Gianni Russo has a birthday today and talking about memories, I'm surprised he still has one. He turned 80 years old today. I love it man. Congratulations
0: my friend. I'm very proud of you. Thank you and thank our audience and how about all the accolades we're getting on our new book already? Let's thank all of them on that. Jesus, you know, I
1: I, I tell you, we haven't really kicked off our uh, marketing program yet, and uh, we're doing well with this book. I'm getting a lot of good feedback, uh, and I'm happy to say that we, you and I, pulled this off. We we have uh, a, we definitely have a good story
0: here. And and, for- when we, and you're you're all used to Hollywood Godfather, yeah. our first novel. Is the sixth family, just in case you were living under a rock. It's out.
1: <laughs>
0: it's, it's on Amazon, and it's being sold now. Yes, it is. And a and, good uh, friend of mine today called me up. He said, I saw your book is uh, on on for sale on, on Amazon. He said, yeah. can I buy a few for Christmas? I said, great. He bought 150 books. He did? Okay. His name is Mr. Steve Marangoff. Thank you, Steve. He bought <laughs> Next to you, he's
1: he's my new best friend. <laughs> fifty books, I don't, have I don't know one hundred fifty people.
0: I mean, I, well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't no, So Bunny He said, "You got to do me a favor." I said, "Whatever you want." He said, well, "I'm going to deliver it to my house and want you to come and sign them." I said, "No problem." <laughs> yeah,
1: you're going to get writer's cramp. Bring an ace bandage.
0: There you go.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, the, the book, uh, in addition to being in print, is also an ebook. And uh, I managed to get a very well-known and talented actor to do the audio book.
0: Oh, who is he by talent? His
1: name is Johnny Russo. Perhaps you know him. <laughs> uh, Johnny did a great job with the first book, and he's now doing uh, the second one, which uh, would be a, a, a more of a test of his talents because it is after all fiction. And it's uh, I'm dying to see how this how this thing turns out. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be great. But when can we, uh, not we, when can the readers expect, or the listeners expect to see the audiobook?
0: Well, I don't know how much uh, post-production it needs once we pass it on to Mike. Yeah. Not Mike uh, Austin, but uh, Mike. Uh,
1: Mike, th- w- about 20 minutes. Once that's it. Once it's ready to go, it's ready to go. The only thing uh, we have to do on our end, which we're going to leave up to our uh, able producer in L.A., Mike Austin, yeah uh, do the editing
0: that's it yeah well i, I would say i mean I'm, I'm blocking as much time like today i mean today i couldn't do anything i did uh, i did two cameos i just did an hour solid interview for F, uh french two all about our book and all about uh which we, you and i have a bone to pick with these guys uh all about the uh they offer oh, okay. and the French community is very upset with the California community called Paramount, the way they treated Gianni Russo.
1: So uh, just so people who don't know, including me, uh, is French, too, I believe you, know, you were interviewed by them for the, the last time. But is this like the French 60 Minutes?
0: No, uh, I don't know. I don't know that program, but they they uh, they just left my house. And uh came with a full crew and they hit 55 million people a day. And then prime hour we're in is the prime hour, it's one hour. And French, two is equivalent to CBS. Was this recorded or live? No, all recorded. Okay. And edited the shots. I mean, they took, I mean, I remember the last time with our first book. Yeah. We had such a spike in sales but now they have more ammunition and they they're lacing it with current events with the godfather 50th anniversary plus the offer and all the negative feedback they got from our fans in europe yeah saying that why did they say that about you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they didn't know who they were dealing with apparently but
0: uh, well, right, let me let me put it in their ways you know i
1: couldn't have said it better myself we well you know we actually have a show tonight
0: oh i know i know and it's 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 a show that you know it i'm i'm so happy that we decided to do it today on this birthday because as we get into this show the thread of this family has been around me from before the godfather because their father tony lip worked as a bouncer in the copa and i met him when i was 13 or 14 years of age
1: god this is like it's just like the the uh, 7 degrees of separation from gianni russo yeah, so when, when we first started talking, you know, we 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 thought about the show because a uh, tragedy has hit the uh, Villalonga family, but I'll, I'll I'll let you explain a lot Who who Nick Villalonga is and how he entered our lives, right? Go ahead. yeah,
0: go Well, what, what I was saying that the father Tony Lip, um, was a bouncer and friends of friends and Carmine, who was running the Copa at the time, said, yeah, let's put him on. He'd be good for us," and then he. I'm, I'm. How could I put it? He, he's a very aggressive guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we got it. Uh, I didn't, not me. I had nothing to do with it. But Carmine and uh, Frank Costello got him a job traveling with a friend of theirs, a, a, a great black pianist at the time. And he became his bodyguard and chauffeur and traveled with him. And that turned into a motion picture a book yeah that,
1: yeah that was uh the penis was, his name was Don Shirley yeah yeah a very well known guy he was uh, traveling through the south and uh Tony Lip was his driver and they made a movie out of it called the green book which uh won the oscar for the best picture and best screenplay
0: right which brings us to another piece of history Nick Valongo, who wrote the book and who won the oscar for the screenplay and produced it Was one of the children at my wedding in The Godfather running around with his older brother, Frank Jr., who unfortunately had a. a, We still don't know what it is, but maybe you should be, being that you're on the police language and know how to make our audience understand what went on about 10 days ago.
1: Nick Nick Villalonga, uh, got involved with us uh, when we were, or the Hollywood community was thinking of making the Hollywood Godfather into a feature film. And uh, the talks went on for a, a while. And if you know anything about Hollywood, well, you should have to to 202 episodes of this show. Uh, getting something done in Hollywood is extremely difficult. And I, and I <coughs> excuse me, I always use the example of the Irishman, <coughs> which was owned by uh, Robert De Niro. It took him 12 years to get it to film. And he's the powerhouse, obviously, in L.A. Uh, that said, uh, you know, the, the, this, th- that project at the time uh, didn't uh, come to fruition. But Nick Villalonga, Tony Lipp's son, turns out he read our book and he uh, was uh, he enamored of it and wanted to do the screenplay, which he did. And to have an Academy Award winning screenwriter to uh, adapt your book to a screenplay.
0: Uh with no money. We didn't pay him nothing. Didn't pay
1: him. He, he, he volunteered to do it. He loved the book so much. And this guy could name his prize. You win an Academy Award and you take advantage of that as quickly as possible by raising your rates. You right. know, uh, uh, anyway, so we're, you know, we're involved with the family. Now, the other brother.
0: Now, let, let me let, wait while we're still on that subject. Yeah, go ahead. The only reason that the movie hadn't been made. Hollywood. And the unions created a big obstacle for Pat and I because they wanted us to put trigenders in, color, people of color, and that they had to have a certain amount of it. And Pat and I hold this book as a, a, a trophy. It has to be told the way Pat wrote it in my life. Yeah, you know, uh, we
1: just want to make clear that you we know, were equal opportunity employers and we would have been glad to have anybody in this movie who belonged in the movie. This was growing up Italian in the Lower East Side, meeting the biggest gangster in the world. And then uh, the coming of age meeting Malman. No, I don't have to, you know, most of the people listen to this podcast have read the book, I'm assuming, uh, to put in people that don't belong in there, just to put them in there to satisfy uh, unions and uh, pressure groups and uh, now, politicians we didn't want to do that uh, if the book uh, lent itself to having uh, di- different t- types of folks and of course we would have done it but it would have destroyed the story yeah, by, do- yeah. by doing so uh, we voiced our uh, opinion against it and uh, we threw away an, an opportunity and justifiably so if you're going to have a, a movie made of someone's life, you, you know, granted, Hollywood puts their own spin on it, but it's got to be somewhat accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this wasn't going to be. So we, uh, as they say on the street, we put the kibosh on it. And that was yeah. the end of that. But that, that didn't stop Nick uh, uh, Villalonga for being on our side. He was a, you know, great guy. Gimo Gianni knows him. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we had him on the show and you could tell but just his personality because yeah. you met him that way. But, I mean, such a genuine guy and uh what he's going through now. And his uh, let our audience know also, Tony Lip was a, a main character in The Sopranos. I mean, this guy was a real colorful character in so many ways. And he had certain roles, and you have them, don't you, uh, Pat?
1: Yeah, well, uh I mean, there's hardly anybody in this country that anywhere else that I'm at it who hasn't watched The Sopranos end-to-end, all, you know, all seven seasons. He played Carmine Lupertazzi. Uh, he was an old an old gangster. He appeared throughout all the seasons. At the uh, Toward the end, he was the guy who died eating a sandwich on a golf course when we were having dinner outside. And he takes a couple of bites and he keels over in his chair. So I'm just trying to acquaint you with the character that he played. Okay, he was also in... Uh, he played uh, a Bonanno family mobster, uh, Phil Giacalone, uh, Giacone, I should say, and Donny Brasco. And he played uh, real-life uh, Lucchese family uh, mobster, Francesco Manzo and The Goodfellas. He was at the Cop- uh, Copacabana uh, nightclub when he first met uh, Francis Ford Coppola. And that's how they uh, got together. And he had a small role in The Godfather. That he- what role did he have? Because he was obviously a lot younger, and I didn't recognize
0: him. Yeah, no, he was with the Barzini group, and it was supposed to be different families, but then they never actually used the footage of him being a boss when they started cutting it down. down. But that's how I met Nick and his brother, Frank, because he was one of the kids running around. And I remember the story when Nick said it on our show, because I mean, you all remember, I said, there were 700 people there. So he's, you, you were, we're talking about the wedding scene. Here. The wedding scene, yeah. And yeah. so we had kids around the table. And Francis brought some kids around, like to be talking to their aunt and uncle. And he told them, this was Nick Bologna now, you know, 30, 40 years later, earlier. So
1: what, don't interrupt you for a second, because I'm not, I'm not clear on this. When he's telling you this story, was this the first time? You were aware that he was one of the children in this wedding scene?
0: Yeah, because I, I could never remember. So there were so many kids. He said, Well, yeah, you yeah. I remember this. I said, How am I going to remember? So let me tell you what happened. Francis was telling all of us to like to come over and see the aunt and uncle, the new aunt and uncle, and da-da-da-da. And he told me, I told the kids, don't look at the camera lens. And Nick kept finding the lens and looking. <laughs> <laughs> and he cut. And yeah. he said, Nick. Necklaces neck, yeah. He's don't look at the camera lens. Oh, okay. And they start rolling again. And then Francis moved them off the set.
1: Yeah, but you tell somebody not to do it, particularly an eight-year-old kid, you know they're gonna look at it. That's like don't Hello? touch them paints. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna touch
0: it. So I did remember him after 50 years anyway. Geez, so this man. is who we're talking about tonight. And our condolences go out to him. Because I tried to reach him today before the show. I, I did speak to him last week briefly, and uh, Pat, go into what we know and what the world knows, and it's a, it's a catastrophe, a disaster at this point.
1: Well, that you know that seems to be the problem here. That there's a, I, there's some kind of lid on this. Uh, uh, Nick Villalongo's uh, brother was well, he he died. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a uh, fairly young man, and how he died is a matter of conjecture. Uh, I think in this particular case, you know a little bit more than I do about this.
0: Well, the only thing I know is because they, they exploited it uh, as on all the news.
1: But well, that's because of the name. But after that, they shut up.
0: <laughs> right. But also, at first, the New York Post actually put it in print. The author of the Green Book was killed last night. Oh, oh man. And that really brought a lot of attention. And Nick's phone was ringing off the wall. And that was before he found out that his brother was found. Because you know, he's in LA. Yeah. They they he was his brother was found in Brooklyn on the streets, tossed out of a car at 2 30 Monday morning or Sunday morning. It was all over the news the next morning. And they confused brothers? They confused brothers as him. Somebody on the street said, that's the guy who wrote the Green Book.
1: Yeah. Oh. Now so you can first, imagine
0: uh, that. And so Nick Volongo getting up three hours later in L.A.
1: So he wasn't officially notified by the police. He, he found out about it because somebody called him up to find out if he was still breathing. Right. That's a hell of a way to find out your brother died. You oh, know, sure uh, I don't know if uh, anybody's aware of this, but uh, when somebody dies under suspicious, suspicious circumstances or alone, police have to notify the family. And this is where on the television crime shows, they uh, always screw it up. If it's an out-of-town family member, uh, somebody will pick up the phone and call them up and tell them, we were very sorry. Uh, your father passed away, was found in the street or whatever. They never, ever do that. The police have to call the police department where the loved one lives, where the relative lives. And they personally send police to the house to tell them that their loved one was found dead. They do not do it by phone, ever.
0: Well, that's why I wanted you to do the the particulars, because well, you know the protocol. I know.
1: Well, protocol or not, that's, that's all anybody knows is that. Either fell, tossed, or something happened and he died. Nobody knows. There's no cause of death yet. Uh, and when we were talking about this, I equated it to one of my uncles uh who died under similar circumstances. He was uh he he accidentally fell out of a car on the 59th Street Bridge.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I was I mean, I was a child. <laughs> accidentally hit his head on uh on on, on, on a grating on any bridge there's gratings that uh that uh come together and come apart due to wind and weather or whatever that's what he hit his head on and he died And he was followed shortly by a cousin of mine who was uh, going to try for the olympics he was an olympic swimmer and the reason i mention this is because uh they found his body uh on a rock next to a lake and they said well uh, there was a, this is a town in upstate New York called Roscoe, uh, New York, where we had a summer house when I was a child, and it uh, it bordered on a lake called Tanana Lake. And every day, uh, my cousin would go out, dive off the rock, and swim the lake. I mean, the guy was a phenomenal swimmer. Well, what happened here was allegedly he 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 miscalculated, and when he dove off the rock, he landed headfirst on the rock. Otherwise, he didn't know well, where the. Can water. I ask
0: you a question? What go ahead. What were uncles? What were uncles into?
1: <laughs> I was only like eight or nine years old, so I, you know, I was like one of the soprano kids. Didn't uh, realize their family was involved in stuff that wasn't supposed to be until they became teenagers, you know. But uh, yeah, they found themselves how to be an accident, and I, I, I remember all the the grown ups saying, "How could this be an accident? He knows where the water is. <laughs> he's a oh, swimmer." Anyway, that pardon the pun, but it died a natural death, and that was the end of that. So what, we're going to find. Uh, are we ever going to find out how uh, our next brother?
0: Well, Has I you, uh, know, you know I have some friends in in the department yet that I see just as friends, and I just called them, and uh, the reason you're not going to find out for ninety to one hundred and twenty days. Oh, stomach contents. Not more than that. Mm. Unfortunately, and with what, listening to the news, all the morgues are so overwhelmed. They're not going to even get to these people. They're frozen. Even the crimes on the streets in New York and the shootings, they're so backlogged with autopsies, even in crimes. Wow.
1: So they're not going to be able to ascertain if this was a crime, obviously, until they autopsy. I mean, that's not going to happen anytime soon. It just surprises me because Mm -hmm. the, the longer you wait, if it was a crime, the less chance you have of getting the bad guys. Well, oh, I would think they would put a rush on a, on a possible homicide.
0: Well, they said that they froze them stiff. So everything stays.
1: Yeah, it does. But I mean, there's going to be a length of time between they uh, get the results of the autopsy. And if someone committed this crime, you have a two month spread between finding out how somebody died and the time that the crime was committed. You have well, the only,
0: the only of, thing about that that's working in their favor is the guy who dumped him. They arrested him immediately because oh, they know about
1: it okay, yeah, they got that going. Yeah.
0: they had the foot the footage of that, and yeah. he's already committed, and he's he who's wanted for something else, so they have him locked up, so I think he's going to spill the beans long before the autopsy, yeah
1: that's been out to happen.
0: Uh, he's going to make the deal,
1: you know you were talking about uh uh Tony lip. he also was an author. did you know that, Johnny?
0: Oh yeah, he wrote a book, yeah. I remember yeah, that and
1: I, I love this title. It's an Italian guy, who writes this book in the two thousand and five. title is Shut Up and Eat. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Man. I don't know what's a well, I gotta check out the book, but I love the title.
0: You know, I, I knew that because I, I I saw him on different book signings, yeah. and they were all well, they were all there. Nick and 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 and, and Frank. So, uh, and they, they hung, well, the father was old by then. I think he died in his 80s.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in his age in two
0: thousand thirteen. Yeah. So yeah. So then he wrote the book, and so they were basically supporting him. I'm just wondering if Nick wrote the book, because I mean, I don't see Tony Lift sitting down writing a book. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know if there was a co-author on the book, or if it was ghost-written. For those of you who don't know the difference, a collaborator uh works with the uh with the subject like Gianni and I for the first book and for the second book. We work together on it. Uh, mm-hmm. A ghostwriter uh writes the book on his own, uh with the permission of course of the person who the book is about. And then once the book is published, he's out of the picture. In fact that's why they call him a ghost. You don't know his name. He just vanishes mm-hmm. into the ether. And under uh, under the contract you have with the person you're writing about as a ghostwriter, you're not supposed to say anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Word leaks out though, it, it, particularly if, if it's a if it's a, a very successful book. The ghost writers are eventually found out.
0: But I don't think this book was, to my knowledge. I remember we was, every time I'd see somewhere, he'd be sitting at a, a feast or someplace signing books. That yeah, years later. But what'd you find out about the book? Was it, was it a good book or not? I don't know
1: anything about it other than the name. I, I got I got the I, I just read me. the name and I thought of my relatives.
0: Shut up oh, and hear. <laughs> We heard that I, all I, I, the time.
1: I'm, I'm going to check it out. But I, I, I guarantee you, I mean, this guy uh, look a little at his, at his early life. Uh, son of Italian immigrants, uh, was born in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, which is not too far from where I live. Uh, the family moved to the Bronx when he was an infant. He grew up on 215th Street. His nickname, uh, Lip, was a reference to his reputation for having the ability to talk to people into doing things that he wanted them to do. And that's how we got the the, uh, the street name of Lip. Yeah. But c- certain tells me that, that he wasn't a uh, wasn't a writer. As most people aren't,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean. Uh, so somebody wrote it for him. But I, I, I'm going to check it out. I just like the title, so I'm going to look into
0: it. Oh, I thought the t- when I when I saw the book cover it was very funny. Because what what Italian kid didn't hear that at least a thousand times in his life? I I,
1: I hear it in my dreams. You know. It's just- <laughs> Anyway, the lip, those of you who care and those of you who don't, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, he did serve in the Army. Uh, he was the uh, uh, major d in the COPA starting in 61 and a supervisor of the employees. I thought Carmine had that.
0: Yeah, I think they glorified that
1: uh, All right. yeah,
0: position. Okay. Maybe he helped he, Carmine.
1: Okay, he was working as a bouncer, Then they get in, in, into the green book. Now, you know,
0: Have you seen the Green Book? Of course. I loved it. Phenomenal (laughs) story. Let me tell you this, though. It, It just came to my mind. Carmine, when they closed the Copa with some friends of mine, opened Carmine's, formerly the Copa.
1: Yeah, Carmine's Copa in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now, obviously, it's been fought forward. I did the Godfather and all of that. And this, is a, and this is another memorable night of deja vu. Because I call Carmine, like I did every afternoon, as our reservations. He's, we're sold out. I said, on a Sunday? He said, yeah, Paul Castellano took the whole club. Mm-hmm. I said, what? And I know who Paul was. Mm-hmm. Next phone call I get is Tommy Bellotti. His body on drugs. His bodyguard and driver, who also died in Parkside. I'm, 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 and, Sparks. And, and Sparks in front of the restaurant. And Tommy says, I'm coming in tonight. I said, I know. You, thank you. He said, I told you I'll make that work. I'll get that on. He said, now let me tell you something. I'm coming with my wife, Kathy. And, and I do Kathy Cushido very well. From the, they owned, our father owned Cushito's nightclub on Staten Island. And why I'm bringing this up, it's so, so typical. He says, now on the opposite side of the floor, you know the layout of that place. Well, I (laughs) said, of course. He said, my girlfriend and her girlfriend is going to be sitting on that table. Now, do me a favor. No, up, up, his wife is on the other side. Well, that's
1: what I mean, but they're, they're in the same venue at the same, same
0: time. Same room, yeah. same. Yeah. Which I've done that. I've, I've <laughs> had that I've had that problem before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, "What I would like you to do, because she knows you know me, you know, play up to her, sing a song to her and all of that. I said, okay, Tommy, you want me to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, you know, I do that. Yeah. And thank God, this is so funny, because... I'm not off stage. He's in my dressing room, in my face, Tommy Bellotti. Yeah. I told you to sing to it. The way you were looking at it, you wanted to run on the, on the floor. And I said, are you, are you kidding me? And, I, and they hear the hollering. And guess who's walking in? Tony the Lip with Paul Castellano. Oh, on, and, had, <laughs> and he had his kids with him. What,
1: what Were they coming to you because they heard
0: the yelling or they just happened to be there? No, they were going to come backstage say hello, but, oh, they, you yeah. know, I was further enough back. But, I mean, that's the mentality. I mean, that's the script in itself. The guys ask you to do me.
1: something, you do it, and they get pissed off.
0: Yeah, because I was doing it too much. I was doing difficult. it
1: too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, every time uh, Bobby Wright, did, you know, you should, you should mention the uh, Carmice that was, that was the ass and the flatbush. You couldn't go another block. You'd fall into oh, yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the bay. But every time Bobby Wright Dell came to town, he would call me because uh, he performed there. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I mean, I
1: knew we were in the army together. So, I mean, uh, and I got, you know, I knew his records and all from the 60s. But that guy was a great impressionist.
0: He, could, oh, he, could. he sang a lot of people's voices, yeah.
1: yeah that, and also uh, he he had a stand-up routine. I didn't know he was that talented. But I, I saw Bobby there a lot. And yeah, Carmine's wasn't a big place.
0: No, no, small. No, it was about 80, 90 people. Yeah, yeah. Always a big thing. But anyway, it was just these recollections of, you know, how, how art imitates life and life imitates art. is so crazy there. Yeah.
1: And how about business? Because we should do a
0: commercial now.
2: Oh, yeah, please.
0: We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere, because you do know we know where you live.
2: We are pleased to announce the publication of a new book series from Gianni Russo and Patrick Piccarelli entitled The Sixth Family. When the alleged daughter of Marilyn Monroe asks for help, Gianni Russo becomes entangled in a web of lies and violence in the search for the late actress's diary. Soon, he is enmeshed in a mystery that involves a presidential candidate, a disgruntled mafia Kovo, a retired NYPD detective, and the past of mafia boss Frank Costello. Russo must race against the clock to stop a hostile reorganization of the American mafia, while trying to stay one step ahead of a faceless killer. While listening to this book, skillfully read by Gianni himself, the listener will have to determine what is true and what is fiction. Or as Gianni says before this epic story begins, this book is a work of fiction, except for the parts that are true. Look out for the second installment of this exciting new series coming in 2023. The Sixth Family. Book One is available now on Amazon.com. Back, and part of that
0: business is we well, hope you're buying our book for Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just you go know, on we, Amazon, I, you get it right, you can get it up to Christmas Day.
1: Yep, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that audio, and you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, how yeah. uh, fast you can do that. Uh, uh, what did you say? Yo, would you have anything else to say about Nick, or you want to go to the Melbourne?
0: No, I, I really. Um, let him know we're sending his, our condolences. Yes, of course. And yeah. uh, I was in Bermuda, unfortunately, for the funeral, uh, so I couldn't go. And uh, nobody knows what's going on. He's not answering his phone. I sent him a nice long text message today because his mailbox is full. And I can only imagine what you're going through, pal. I'm here for you. If you hear the show, I know you'll listen to it. So uh, call me, please. God bless you, and God bless you, brother. I'm pa- I'm praying for him. All right. Let's go to the mailbag. Mailbag.
1: We've got uh, a couple of things. I don't know if we uh, if we thanked one of our uh, listeners and person who wrote an email to us. The name of George. We may have done this last time, but I'm going to thank him again. George uh, wrote us about uh, Tommy James, who uh, was a big uh, rock and roll guy. Still is. Uh, he, had, he headed the to Tommy James and the Shondells. Uh, very big in the 60s and 70s. Uh, he wrote a book about his involvement in the music business and his uh, problems with the mob. And he suggested that we do a show with uh, Tommy James. And uh, uh, we reached out to Tommy and uh, he agreed to do the show. And we're going to, uh, after the holidays, because he's he's out, he's on the road until, uh, until uh, uh, Christmas. So we're going to have him on the show after Christmas, so thank you, George. And this just leads us to the obvious conclusion that if you have a show that you want, and we've mentioned this numerous times, but it bears mentioning again that you want us to do, don't be shy. Uh, like oh, George, yeah, what are the odds? You know, that uh, I, it, it took me five minutes to find this guy, it wasn't easy, he was easy to find, so and very agreeable. Uh, so you know, all you got to do is ask, we can do it, and if we feel it's an interesting show, and we get cooperation from whoever we you know trying to find we'll definitely do it
0: yeah and we've done so many already a very interesting show so yeah okay. keep the cards and letters coming please oh right
1: okay uh from Aaron happy birthday Gianni
0: oh wow okay yeah, you know
1: this is something I did that you didn't know about and I uh I'll let the cat out of the proverbial bag before somebody turns me in uh unbeknownst to you I I uh I did a uh something similar to a psa a public service announcement you know that you get before a show starts television radio whatever and i just wanted everybody to know that your birthday was coming up and this is a significant birthday i mean 80 years old is something to be proud of particularly after all you've accomplished but we won't get into that uh and i said and and you didn't know about this but i told our listeners if they wanted to you know wish you a, a happy birthday and if they were interested in buying our new book, now is the time to do it, uh, as a tribute to you. And we yeah, got a lot of birthday, birthday emails, a lot of birthday emails. So I'm just going to go over a few because uh, the ones who ask uh, ask questions, most of them don't. I mean, they just want to wish you a happy birthday. And uh, I tell you, they, they in addition to sending you the email, uh, they also bought the book.
0: Well, thank you. I was wondering why they was doing so well. Now you're
1: <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, we said at the beginning of the show that we haven't started pushing this yet uh, because we had to iron out a couple of bugs uh, uh, and you're still doing the audio. But the thing is selling, you know, yeah. for no apparent reason other than what we mentioned on the show. So we want to thank everybody and it's going to be kicking into high gear shortly. That said, from Aaron, happy birthday, Johnny. I uh, love your book, Hollywood Godfather, and just had two of the new books delivered yesterday, one for me and one for a Christmas present. Your shows are fantastic, and I've told dozens of people about you and Pat. I hope you have an excellent birthday and best wishes for the new year. Regards, uh, Aaron.
0: Well, yeah, thank and you, one, to
1: mention thank last name. So gosh, much because we don't want anybody calling
0: anybody. Yeah, no, please, yeah, but thank but you, Aaron. I appreciate it. it.
1: Very nice. We got a whole bunch of those. Another one from Serena. Happy birthday uh i'm gonna you know skip a lot of them because they're all gonna say the same thing thanking everybody nanette asks us uh she's she doesn't actually doesn't ask she demands okay uh uh please send me a book to be autographed Uh, well we'd like to do that but if we did it we have (laughs) a lot of people to see the show and if we did that we'd have to do it for everybody so what we suggest is that you uh go on the uh on the website, my address is on there, my mailing address anyway. Uh, send me the book. I have them pre-signed by Gianni, and I will add my signature. Or if you have a book, even better, if you have a book, send it, and uh, we'll, we'll sign it. That If you send it, it's going to take a little longer because it's got to go from me to Gianni and we're like seven hours apart. I'm in Pennsylvania, and he's in New York. But that's the way we do it. Otherwise, that's all we'd be doing.
0: Yeah, and then also let them know they have to send a self-stamped address envelope back to them. Uh,
1: Otherwise, we'd have 50,000 books we had to sell and that comes to money. Yeah, And I'm not exaggerating with the number, 50,000. All right. From uh, Eric. Hi, gang. I guess that's us. Will the new book be on Audible? Well, we've answered that question already. Uh, But we didn't say an approximate release date. When do you think that'll be?
0: Uh, I would think I'm hoping by the end of this month in two weeks.
1: Good, and it'll be uh, it'll be on the site where the book is being sold. Yeah, uh, uh, produced by us, distributed by Audible.com, which is the biggest uh, audio book uh, distributor in the world. So they're doing that. Okay, uh, from Cindy you see this latest announcement about the CIA and the cover-up of the JFK assassination, and she leaves us a link, which I, you know, we we look at these emails for the first time when we're reading it to you, so I haven't looked at the link. But uh, the answer is no, but I'll I'll take a look at it, and we'll see who wrote it, and uh, perhaps it'll be show material. But the connection, and Gianni uh, knows this better than I do, the connection of the CIA with uh, the assassination attempts in the 50s and 60s Is part of the historical record. I mean, they tried to kill Castro for years, and they used the outfit in in Chicago to do it. And this is not uh, a conspiracy theory. This is fact. Uh, So, uh, if this is if there's anything new to say in this article, we'll check it out.
0: All right, yeah, Uh, yeah. Because as you know, we've gotten inundated with theories, and every other even now, Malin's got a new netflix thing and there's so many these documentary or whatever they call them uh, based on what we don't know how they become documentaries well
1: i'm not and i've said this often on this show documentaries are entertainment and you've got an hour and a half or two hours to uh, put your point across and they documentaries that's what they do they have an agenda nothing wrong with that because it is entertainment and they try to get people talking so they just They tend not to tell two sides of the story. They tell one side of the story. I saw uh, a documentary this last week, uh, and only because I talked to the person on the phone who plays a big part in this documentary. It's the first time Casey Anthony has spoken about her case. She was accused of killing her daughter 10 years ago. She was acquitted at trial. This is basically what she has to say about it. Three one-hour episodes on uh, Netflix, and Pat McKenna, a former NYPD uh, police officer, who I found out through the documentary, we bodyguarded the same person at the same time, and we never introduced to each other. We worked different shifts. We're talking about Yoko Ono. Well, okay, I, I guarded Yoko Ono after John was killed uh, coming out out of the Dakota, December eighth. Never forget that day.
0: That's forty years ago already, isn't it? Somewhere yeah. 20?
1: In fact, I was I was two blocks away, in a in a, a restaurant that I hung out in called the Mrs. J. Sacred Cow, very wow. upscale upscale restaurant on the West Side off uh, Amsterdam Bell, Columbus Avenue, on Seventy Second Street, and we heard the sirens going, and the sirens weren't stopping. So you know, I mean, you're in the heart of Manhattan; you hear sirens all the time. Right. So this was like one steady blare for like five minutes. Uh cars going down 72nd because the the Dakota was on the same street, but two blocks down. So we all went down there and they they had taken John away. He was killed on the scene, but he took him to Roosevelt hospital where he was officially pronounced. Uh, But uh, I worked the detail with Pat McKenna and never saw the guy because I worked opposite him. And I I found out on on the, uh, on the uh, uh, documentary that we had the same uh, bodyguarding the same person, so to
0: speak. Uh, but you know what's anyway, so funny about uh, that, though? You mentioned December 8th. You have to see the memorial they do for this guy every year, again this year. And it yeah, was a painting in Central Park?
1: Which is across yeah. the street from yeah. the Dakota. She had, uh, uh, they both had, Yoko Ono and John Lennon, had an apartment in, in the Dakota on the eighth floor. And little by little, they took over the entire floor. Uh, the Dakota has a storied history. Uh, and in fact, this is where Rosemary's Baby was filmed. If you ever saw the uh, the movie, uh, Ira Levin wrote the book, but it was a a, a fantastic movie with uh, Frank Sinatra's wife, A little oh,
0: wife, Mia Farrow.
1: Me, Mia, Mia Farrow. I forget that name. Anyway, it was filmed at the Dakota. But there's there's a lot of history about ghosts and everything there. It's a very high end building.
0: But oh my god, yeah, hello.
1: There's a lot of people there that are still under rent control that are this close to homeless. <laughs> I mean, we used to see them coming in and out of there and they, they live in the smallest apartments and they're not leaving because it's a rent controlled apartment. And uh, under uh New York law, they can't remove you. But in that building also, once you got into the building, the the, the people that were rent controlled were on the first floor or in the basement, and higher up you, you went. The more celebrities you got. I mean, Lauren Bacall was there. A whole bunch of people were stopped by you know, Yoko's apartment all the time. But we actually had to black out the windows because uh, people were threatening her after John got killed. Blaming her for her husband getting whacked. I mean, people are crazy. But anyway, there was a good, good line of fire from Central Park, so we painted the windows black. Wow. But you're right. Every year they, they have a, a, a memorial in, in, uh, in Strawberry Fields which is named after, you know, a Beatles song, and is well-attended.
0: Four- I, I mean, I couldn't believe it, this Saturday night, it was raining. I, I, no, was it Friday? The 8th, whenever the 8th was. Today's, the, yeah. Yeah, so it was th- Thursday or Friday night. It was raining here. The, it was packed. After 40 years, I thought to myself, this is what a, 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 a legacy this guy still has. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Very, And he used to come to this aforementioned restaurant, the Sacred Cow, uh, him and his wife all the time. And Mm. they love cops. And in fact, to the the point where there was a big uh, political debate on whether police should have bulletproof vests and the city refused to buy bulletproof vests for the NYPD. And this was during the days of the Black Liberation Army. For those of you who don't know what that is, look it up. Because we can do two shows on that. But they were whacking cops left and right. And the NYPD, we lost a lot of people. And it was a horrible time. And they still wouldn't buy us bulletproof vests. Yoko and John said, we'll foot the bill to outfit every cop in the NYPD. And at that time, there were 48,000 of us. Wow. They said, we will pay for the vests. And that embarrassed the city into providing the vests.
0: That is amazing.
1: And not too many people know that story. But, uh, yeah, uh, Yoko alive and doing well. She's in her 90s. God bless. Okay. Okay, uh, from uh, Debbie. I have a question regarding the book The Sixth Family. Do you think at some point you'll have someone uh, read it for the Kindle edition? Uh, I, I, I I love buying books where someone is reading it so I can uh, listen to it like I do on a podcast while I'm driving or exercising. I love your podcast, especially the info regarding JFK's assassination, and I'm looking forward to uh, next week's show with, with Mr. Shaw. We had... Uh, this uh uh this uh, right around a few weeks ago god bless you both uh debbie now uh kindle uh will will do an audio service on kindle but it's not a traditional audio book in fact it sounds kind of robotic uh it's done by computer
0: I was going to say that. You know.
1: Yeah, and 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 so what's the purpose? If you have a Kindle, you actually you have the book in front of you It's an e-book reader. But if you're reading the book, and say you're up to page fifty, and you have to go run on an errand or something, you can switch it on to audio, and it'll continue. But I've heard it, and it's uh, you know reading an audio book is a difficult thing to do. You've got to capture the reader's heart and mind so they get absorbed by it. Just reading it without being schooled and acting. Uh, ruins the whole idea of uh, reading a book. Because when you read a book, you get lost in the pages. When you listen to an audio book, you get lost in the narrator reading you the book. So I don't recommend uh, a Kindle Audio to anybody, and we wouldn't do it. We we got the best. We got Gianni Russo. He's reading the book.
0: Well, it's my life, and I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that, Pat. And that's why you and I had conversations just the past few days. Yeah. That's why I'm taking my time with it. This, yeah. to me now, knowing the numbers, and thank you all, our listeners, we sold 58,000 books. <laughs> That's a lot of books. I a lot of books. By publishers and everybody else. We're so proud of that.
1: Yeah, we're not and, done yet. That was, that was as of yeah, April, by the way.
0: So. Yeah. And uh, this is, uh, again, thanking you and our audience is telling more people. So that gave me even more. I just, I had a passion. I have to make this one even better than the first one. And you I did a great did job the first one. Well, yeah, but you know, I I find it now that I, I have a bigger responsibility. The first one, I read it, and I never did a book before, and I was in a studio at St. At Martin's Press. I just feel compelled now that we, we have an attachment. Even now, I am speaking... On our podcast, the rhythm is different. Our whole, my demeanor is totally different to, to, towards. Well, you're,
1: audience. you're reading fiction with characters, and it's 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 more difficult than reading nonfiction. First of all, it was your story. I mean, you right. know what was on the next page. Right. I mean, here you know it's 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 uh, it's going to take uh, more of your talents to do this because yeah, I have to
0: dissect it and, and yeah. get the same emotion. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you that when you hear this audio book, you're going to be shocked. It's we're doing something that's innovative, never been done before. But we're going to take the chance and try it, and you you'll you'll let us know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and of course, the print book is available. Hello. Yeah. You know, and it was of course you have to read more too with this book. The last book was 280 pages. This is 335, I think. Yeah. Or You'll, you'll be busy for a while. I'll know where to find you if I need you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, for the listeners who aren't aware, Johnny has a professional studio in his uh, in his home. Uh, and uh, so it's the, the the audio quality of uh, oh, it's
0: been amazing, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, when you deal with Audible.com, for those of you who don't know, and most of you don't care, but we'll tell you anyway, they have rules. You want to do an audio book, you have to comply to our rules. You have to have a certain sound equipment at a certain uh, 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 decibel uh, uh, number. They create a lot of rules, a whole page of them. So when you know, we're doing this uh, uh, professionally, like you would get from any other professional reader who works directly for uh, uh, audible.com. So I'm proud of you, my friend. This
0: is, uh, no, Thank you. I appreciate this is work. it. Next. I think we're almost to the, to the limit, aren't we, here?
1: Yeah, we are. In uh, we got four about four more minutes. So, uh, okay, yeah, let's we we can call this at this time.
0: Okay, because I want to get to my birthday celebration.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think you you started celebrating when your last birthday celebration
0: ended. Hello, uh, yeah. that's my life. Thank oh, God. Oh, do
1: you have something planned?
0: Not very very intimate, but more 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 of what I want right now. Hello. Okay,
1: so we don't want to go any further on that. That was, a little, bit, <laughs> that was a little bit more than we uh, we asked, but uh, okay. Yeah. Ha- have a good time and uh,
0: well, thank you all for the the best wishes and buying the book and supporting us. I didn't know of uh, the efforts of my compadre over here, but thank you, Pat, for that. And oh, you're welcome. You definitely made my birthday, and you changed my life three years ago when we started this. Thank God for that.
1: five years ago.
0: Is it five already?
1: Well, it's, it's it's five that you and I sat down without wow. having met and started writing this book.
0: Is that amazing?
1: Over the phone with a pair of uh, headphones on me. And you didn't know who the hell you were dealing with. And you trusted me enough oh, no. to go ahead with it. And I thank you for that. I mean, who the hell writes a book over the phone? <laughs> you know? I mean, really? you, you try to tell somebody that wants a book to put their life story, everything that they've done all their lives, and to trust that to a writer that they're never going to meet. <laughs> you know oh. I mean we obviously
0: but I you know, knew I knew that the meter and the, our conversations
1: yeah but the people look at me like I'm crazy and I wind up talking them into it but everybody aside from you that I've written books with over the phone I still haven't met and we still maintain a relationship I speak to these people all the time oh. and of course you and I, you know good friends but most of the time that the book is ended and I I'm, a, I'm like a hired gun you know right mm-hmm. off into the future you know
2: Uh, Anyway, okay.
0: That's it. Well, thank you all. Keep the cards and letters coming. You you are the foundation of our show. And obviously, we need you as the audience. Spread the word, please. Good night, Johnny. Good night. Thank you, Pat. And that was that. And I'll be back.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo or Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to
0: improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. My kids still can't believe I sat with a saint. My life's like scenes out of a movie. I'm the Hollywood godfather, truly. I got stories with them all. You know, celebrities, world leaders, icons. Who knows what's next for me? I'll never get too old to have a little fun. Come on, I'm Gianni Russo. A genuine one of a kind. What a ride it's been, this life of mine. And I ain't done yet. I'll be back until next time. And that was that.